Welcome to episode 69 of Everything Sports with Aman and Evan. I'm your host, Amanad Carney. And I'm your co-host, Evan Barber. And we talk about the hottest topics in sports that occurred in the past week. And in today's episode, we're going to talk about the Suns trading for uh, Bradley Beal and then the NBA draft. And we will see where Wembenyama, Henderson, and Brandon Miller all go. Wembenyama supposedly a lock for the number one pick. And follow us on all social media platforms you see on screen right now to stay connected to the podcast beyond our every Wednesday episodes. But without further ado, let's get it started with the Phoenix Suns trading for Bradley Beal. I believe the package was Chris Paul, Landry Shamit, Isaiah Todd, and two second round picks because obviously the Suns couldn't trade a first. The Suns... They don't really have any more assets, any depth, really, because Beal, KD, Booker, and Aiton are the only players on their roster currently under contract. People are saying it's an issue right now. It might be an issue, but I believe you're going to get vets purposely taking the minimum to play on the Phoenix Suns now, just like anyone would to join a super team. But now... Yusuf Nurkic, even though nobody likes him, I mean, he's not really a good basketball player, but he's like, this is the Brooklyn Nets all over again, which I do believe because ever since the 2020-2021 season where Beal almost got the scoring title, obviously finished second behind Steph, but ever since that season, it's just been a massive decline, and then Washington gave him a huge contract. In his last year, which is a player option year, he can get $57 million. Presuming he's not bought out before then if he starts to decline. But stats-wise, he is starting to decline. And Beal Booker, because on, on the Nets you had Kyrie Irving, James Harden, Kyrie, he did call James Harden a point guard, but I do believe on that team it was Kyrie the point guard, Harden the shooting guard, so there wasn't that much of a conflict there, but Beal and Booker are just pure shooting guards, pure shooting guards, and Beal, even though he hasn't been scoring as much, He's a ball-dominant guy. KD is a ball-dominant guy. Booker is a ball-dominant guy. And you're adding stars before the entire team does, has even chemistry. Because there are so many chemistry issues that you can especially see in the playoffs. And I'm not blaming it on the Suns because KD got hurt like right before his first home game. And so they couldn't develop chemistry like that. Because at the end of games, even though KD is cold... Devin Booker just tried to take it in his own hands, even though he was insanely efficient. He just tried to play hero ball for no reason at the end of the games so many times. And for Kevin Durant, I think he still needs to find his footing in Phoenix, and obviously that comes with time. And so I think the Suns, you need to build more chemistry all of a sudden because... You have Booker, KD, and Aiton as the return guys. And we'll see what happens with Chris Paul. We'll talk about the Chris Paul situation later in this episode. But I feel like the Suns now have more chemistry issues because you can have the depth. You can have the players because 
Vets kept taking the minimum to join the Nets. Remember that. Blake Griffin, LaMarcus Aldridge, and others. And the Nets didn't work out because of injuries and everything else. But superstars aren't going to win you championships. It's chemistry. The Nuggets had insane chemistry. And don't forget, Jokic is the only all-star on that team. Nobody else has played in an all-star game other than Jokic. And so now you have that. You pair him with great players around him, and you have a championship team. It doesn't. You don't need three stars, superstars, to win anymore. That's not what it takes because in recent years, chemistry has been the most important thing, and we've talked about chemistry so many times on this podcast. And so what is your reaction to the Suns dealing for Beal? I mean, you really said some good stuff. Um, chemistry, of course, is really important. But I think also when you look at this team, there's no depth and very, not, I'm going to say very little defense, but not great defense on this roster. And, I mean, you, like you said, they will have guys time for the vet minimum, um, which will help out the depth a little bit. But I think you kind of got to look at the situation and, and you see that you have DeAndre and who last year, of course, uh, he was so close to leaving. He was going to leave, but then the Suns matched the offer. And this year, he was all right. He didn't – I mean, he was, he was a good player, but nothing spectacular, not exactly what you were paying him the maximum contract to do. And I think you kind of got to look at that and maybe look to trade him, honestly, for some depth pieces because you have the three guys that you want. You have Beal, Booker, KD. That's enough, honestly. You don't need a, a fourth star or a fourth maximum contract like DeAndre Aiden. You can go trade him for some smaller guys, some smaller pieces to to finish the roster, really, because you're not going to win with four maximum contracts or three maximum contracts, whatever they have. And also, vet minimum guys, like we, like you said, we saw on the Nets. The Nets, they had so many good put. They had three maximum contracts, three of the best players on basketball, and that did not work out. And you really need to develop that chemistry throughout this whole season. I think that's what will help them this year compared to last year is that they have the full uh, regular season to figure things out compared to last year when they only had half the season. So I think that'll definitely help them a lot. But you really, really have to add defense and and depth on this team in order to have any chance to win the championship because you're not getting past the Nuggets without any defense or chemistry. You're not getting past the Warriors, the Lakers, you're not, there's a lot of these teams that you, it's going to be really hard to get past without the defense and the chemistry. Even if you have some of the top scorers, you're going to need some defense because outscoring them is not going to work in a seven-game series. I mean, that's true. I, I agree with what you said because a, in the Suns, I don't know if they're still going to do it. They were looking for like a young guard, potentially Fred Van Vliet. But that's around $20 million a year. And you'd rather get like a couple $10, $15 million guys who could build your depth. Because the Suns team that made it to the championship years ago in 2021, I believe, that was chemistry. Mikael Bridges, Cam Johnson, Jay Crowder. That was depth around Booker, Chris Paul, and even Aiden. And then egos got into the way with 
Aiden, Chris Paul, Monty Williams even. And now, for, we can't forget, Frank Vogel is now the new coach of the Suns too. So we'll see how that happens because he was scapegoated when he was with the Lakers the same way Westbrook was scapegoated with the Lakers. And it's not Westbrook's fault. It's not Vogel's fault either. But I'm just saying, when you're coaching all these high-profile athletes, you're going to get blamed, even though it might not be your fault because... Even right now, Monty Williams, what is he supposed to do with the team without chemistry and without depth? Booker, Kevin Durant, like, it's not these superstars. A super team with just three, four all-stars don't just win it automatically. You need depth and you need chemistry. And people forget on those Warriors teams with Steph, Clay, Draymond, KD, Andre Iguodala, they had Sean Livingston... And others off the bench that actually fit well with the team. Around Steph, Clay, Draymond, and Kevin Durant. And that's how they won championships. Because I guarantee you if they didn't have any depth and just signed a bunch of vet minimum guys that are about to retire, they would have lost. Because they might have been one of the greatest teams ever, but... Those complimentary pieces really what sets them apart. And now for the Suns, we'll see what you do with Aiden if you still want a younger guard because I was just talking about the Warriors. Jordan Poole could be available. Jonathan Kuminga would be available. And so these are depth pieces, young depth pieces that could make a huge impact. And yes, Poole has a gigantic contract, but... Just get assets to build around Booker, KD, and Bradley Beal. And you don't need like a marquee guy in the league. Just like how the Lakers traded for so many pieces. And nobody on the team could shoot until they went and got Malik Beasley, Jared Vanderbilt, Mo Bamba, Rui Achimura, and others. And they didn't really give up much. And the Lakers just got complimentary pieces around LeBron and Anthony Davis to do well. That's all you need to do. It's just not, all right, let's just fill the starting lineup with all these stars and superstars and it's going to be an automatic win. It never was that and it's never going to be that. And so I'm curious to see what is going to happen with the Phoenix Suns. But now we will go to forward to the next topic and talk about the NBA draft that's coming up, the Spurs have the first overall pick, the Hornets have the second, and of course the Blazers have the third overall pick. And so how do you think the draft is going to shape up, especially early on in the draft? Yeah, I mean, of course, we know number one is going to be Victor Benmonyama. I mean, it's pretty obvious he's the best prospect since LeBron, arguably the best prospect ever in NBA. I really the best prospect ever in all of sports. I mean, this guy's insane. Seven foot, what, three or whatever he is. Something he can do, like he can do everything. He can shoot, he can dribble, he can pass. He's like, he's like Kevin Durant, but much taller, and he can, and uh, he's a little bit more athletic, I would say, because he can get up there and block shots at a high rate, and he can, and he also can uh, stay with the big, bigger guys. I mean, we haven't seen it so far in the NBA, but. In the France League, he's been able to compete really, really well with those bigger guys, and I think 
that's what sets them apart from guys like Chet Holmgren. Like Chet Holmgren last year, he's super skinny, and same with Victor Wembanyama. But you've seen Victor Wembanyama can compete with these guys, and hopefully he can stay healthy, unlike Chet Holmgren did. Um, we'll see. Obviously, Chet Holmgren this year, so we'll see how that works out for the Thunder. But yeah, Victor Wembanyama is definitely going number one. And number two and number three is where it gets really, really sketchy, honestly, because Scoot Henderson was the number two guy for a long, long, long time. He was pretty obvious, pretty, pretty clear. Um, people were saying that he was gonna, he is the best prospect in this draft, aside from Wembanyama. Like any other year, he would be the number one overall pick. But now you have the Charlotte Hornets picking at number two, and Brandon Miller has come up in the conversation. He's, um. It would be interesting to have two ball-dominant guys like LaMelo and Scoot Henderson on the same team. So that's why Brandon Miller has another conversation. But I kind of feel like you have to just go best prospect and figure it out because Scoot Henderson, in my in my eyes, is still way above Brandon Miller. You know, Brandon Miller is a great player, but Scoot Henderson, there is a reason why he was talked about as the guy Cypher Momonyama this year's draft for a long, long, long time. I agree with what you said, but I will say, like, the Blazers, if they're trading their pick for, like, a star, we could see it, like, when Jimmy Butler was dealt to Minnesota, we could see it in that similar situation where it was, like, a huge draft day trade uh, for the number three overall pick, like, maybe packaging it with Anthony Simons. Apparently, there's a huge package being made for Bam Adebayo. And so we'll see what the Blazers do with their pick. But because they have Anthony Simon and because the Hornets still haven't moved on from Terry Rozier, I don't really think any of those teams need Scoot Henderson. And I do think the Blazers will end up drafting him if the Hornets go with Brandon Miller. But the Blazers, I will f- say they're in a great position because they can either choose to trade Simons and like other players for a star if they keep Jeremy Grant or they could still draft Scoot Henderson and then move off of Dame and just start a rebuild and I think Blazers fans would be fine with any of those I think NBA fans would be fine with any of those scenarios because usually we get mad when superstars join other contending teams but we mentioned about Bradley Beal forever, and now even with Dame, we get that you're loyal to a team, but at some point you have to prioritize winning, and if Dame gets traded to a contending team, that's exactly what he would be doing. Or if they move off the pick, get a superstar for Dame, I think there's only a handful of superstars that they can get for Dame, for the third overall pick and Anthony Simons and a couple others that will actually make me go like, oh, they're contending team. Like, I don't think one trade for Bam will do it. I don't think one trade for Pascal Siakam will do it. And I still think they need to get way more pieces. But whatever the direction they go in, trading Dame or trading the number three overall pick, I feel like we would all be on board with that decision. And as for Brandon Miller, I think he will fit the best on the Hornets because I feel like they should just move on from Gordon Hayward. $30 million was kind of expensive. He might get 20, 
25 maybe somewhere else. But I think they move on from Gordon Hayward, draft Brandon Miller, and see what happens because LaMelo Ball could turn into Dame in the sense that he'll be loyal to Charlotte, one franchise, and not really win anything other than maybe getting all-star appearances, all-NBA teams, scoring titles, whatever it is. But I think he wouldn't want it to turn into a Dame situation where he's loyal to one team that really never gets to the finals and only to the conference finals like maybe once or twice. And I feel like they're also on that timeline where you need to make sure LaMelo Ball is happy while also still contending. And apparently the Pelicans are trying to move up, apparently willing to deal Zion too. And that'll be really shocking if that trade does happen. But with Zion, it's a big, big health risk. He needs to stay healthy because when he's on the court, he's so dominant. And obviously when he's off the court, it's such a huge setback for the team. And as for Victor Wembanyama, I think... He says he takes offense to people when they say that his frame needs to get bigger. He needs to be stronger. I think he needs to be stronger because I don't want it to be like Chet Holmgren where he's getting injured because of his build. I think you look at Giannis, you look at Jokic, you look at Embiid, just build that muscle over time and then you truly will be unstoppable. And I think, like you said, he's like Kevin Durant but like a little bit better. I do agree with that statement, but when we're hyping up prospects like this, the only way Wembenyama isn't a bust is if he becomes another Tim Duncan or LeBron James. Because I don't think one ring, one MVP, as great as Dirk Nowitzki was, if Wembenyama is another Dirk Nowitzki, that still would be considered... A bust because of the way he's being hyped up like he's being called the greatest prospect in all of sports but I think there's just tons of pressure on him to perform I'm not saying he won't I'm just saying that he needs to have a Tim Duncan like career Kareem like career LeBron like career Magic Johnson type career Stephen Curry type career like all these NBA legends he needs to have a career like those like three or four rings, so many MVPs, all-stars, scoring titles, defensive player of the year, whatever it is, he needs to have a lot of those to not be considered a bust. Because if he's being ranked above LeBron in terms of draft prospects, then he's got to have an amazing career. So what do you think about, do you think the hype for Wembenyama is warranted and how do you think it will turn out? Oh, I mean, it's definitely warranted. I mean, you just saw what the two times that he's come over to America. I mean, he was insane. I mean, he's doing highlight reel after highlight reel. Um, there really is no guarding him because when you have a guy who's so tall as him, he can literally do everything. He can shoot the three. He can, he can go at you and drive and get a layup or a dunk. Or he can, like, do a step back jumper or something, like... He can literally do everything, and I think it's definitely warranted for a guy that really you've never seen in NBA history. There's no guy that you can say like this is exactly who Wemba Nama is. Like we can compare him to Kevin Durant, like we've mentioned before, but 
Kevin Durant is not as great a defender as Wembanyama is in my eyes, and he's not a great and yeah, not as great a playmaker as Wembanyama is in my eyes, and I think that's that's why this hype is so high as it is. And one thing I want to talk about also as well in this draft is the Orlando Magic because I was doing the mock draft earlier this this uh, this morning, which will come out on TikTok later today, but. Uh, I was looking at them, and they're in great shape because in my mock draft, I have them taking Amen Thompson and I think Anthony Black are their next pick. And I think when you have that duo now, you add that to Franz Wagner, Paul Boncaro, and Wendell Carter. I mean, that's a very, very yeah. great young under Magic. And they're I'm really very excited. dangerous. Yeah, they're going to be really dangerous, and I'm really excited to see what they can do if they do hit on those draft picks. Yeah, I think if they do, they're going to be really set really well for the future and years to come. So, I mean, the Magic could potentially trade for a star, maybe a Jalen Brown or someone, because they will have so many guards, too. And they are set really well with Franz Wagner, Paolo, like you said, Jalen Suggs, Cole Anthony. They're a really great young team, and we'll see what happens in the future because they will definitely make some noise a couple years in the future but we will see what happens in the nba draft like you said your mock draft will be posted on tiktok and youtube shorts later on so look forward to that turn on notifications and everything follow us on social media to stay connected to podcasts and see you next week for episode 70